0: Welcome back, everybody, to Menace Podman, your NBA and fantasy basketball podcast. We This is Season 2, Episode 6. I'm Scott Keller, along with Steve St. Pierre. And we are finally here, kind of in the dog days of summer, where some of the news and transactions die down. There's still some uh, summer league-type playing out there to watch if you really want to. But uh, we got a lot of good stuff still. Um, and we'll be here you know, every week, still talking about the sport that we love basketball so um yeah we're just gonna jump right in right here uh with our first things
1: name on your paper first thing so, name on your paper first thing
0: i don't know what just happened there but it happened twice maybe because we have two first things <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> interesting um i got a new mouse that's maybe it's my fault but Anyway, so our first first thing this week um, for us is actually a local story um, comes out of the uh, hashtag City of Progress, Madison Heights, Michigan. Um, this story has been reported out of you know multiple news outlets, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Local Four Detroit, Click on Detroit, uh, Fox Two Detroit. So we'll give some credit to you guys for uh, breaking the story and getting uh, the information out there. Um, but basically, just. Uh, Backstory here, kind of what happens, Um, a a two-year-old and a four-month-old were actually found in their car seats behind a high school. Um, They were discovered on, this is Saturday, July 15th, so a couple weeks ago, 1 p.m. middle of the afternoon, had a note. Um, However, we don't know what the note said. Um, We don't know how long they were there. Um, But luckily, these two kids were found. They're okay physically. Uh, Child Protective Services are doing their thing now. And, uh, the mother or caretaker, I don't think that's been completely, uh, verified if it was the mother or not, has Mm -hmm. since been arrested. Um, awful story. It's insane. Um, heartbreaking story. Um, as parents, I, you know, I'm sure you can't imagine I could never imagine my wildest dreams leaving, leaving a young kid or any kid anywhere. Uh, Um, but we definitely need to, just you know, set, shed some light on it. Kind of spin the story around. Um, the the person that actually found the kids um, named John Bellier. is a dad, a PE teacher at Lanfair High School. He's a driving instructor, and oddly enough, also your former teacher and basketball coach, right?
1: That's right. Yeah, um, pretty crazy. So he was my uh, freshman basketball coach so he was actually the varsity basketball coach my freshman year of high school and he was also my teacher he was my gym teacher he wound up being my teacher for weight training for health class i had him almost my entire time at lanfear and um it's just crazy yeah saw this all over the news and yeah really cool guy um You know, he says he's not a hero in this particular instance. He's right. Um, He he says that he was just in the right place at the right time. He's absolutely right about that. But he's absolutely a hero in terms of what he's done for this community and for the example that he's set for people like myself in education and just a great guy. He was a great teacher. Um, It's pretty funny. So for basketball, like I said, he was the varsity coach. I played JV my freshman year. He brought me up to varsity for districts as a freshman. So he was my coach for one practice and for one game. (laughs) Um, But like I said, he was my teacher. I spent a lot of time with him. He's been around for a long time. He's an absolute legend in Madison Heights. He, um, he said this in the report, but he doesn't just talk the talk. He walks the walk. And, uh, that's exactly right. He's been teaching for 35 years. And prior to that, he was a standout student athlete at Lanphier. Um, he went on to play college football at Hillsdale. Um, he's a big football guy and you can tell, uh, for anybody that knows him or maybe saw him in the report or anything. I mean, he's a big guy. Um, he's definitely like a quote unquote football kind of guy, but, um, Yeah. Like I said, he, he coached basketball for a little bit and, um, you know, I really liked them. And, and, you know, like I said, I, I think he's a hero. Um, you know, I think he's definitely somebody to look up to. He's been around for a long time. Uh, he's worked with kids for, you know, decades obviously. And, you know, just a standout human being. No, it's super cool. It's awesome that you get that connection to him.
0: Um, Yeah. Just awesome. Whatever it was, fate, destiny, put him in the right spot. That's pretty cool. And like you said, he said, you know, he wasn't a hero, but he's a hero in other ways. Um, Not in that instance. So that's awesome. Awesome role model. Um, Yeah. And I guess any teachers out there listening, teacher's aides, (laughs) I'll show my respect. We'll show our respect to you you all. And uh, yeah, anybody shaping our youth in some way, we appreciate, you know, all those people out there. It's awesome. Also, another thing, just say um, United Way um, has a resource database for everything. So, any families yes. going through tough situations, um, we obviously acknowledge. I, I said on the top there, you know, I couldn't imagine, but I also haven't been in the shoes of anybody else that um, have been going through really tough stuff. Um, so, life can be tough, life can be hard, and really, really hard for, you know, some people more than others. So, if you're needing any help, you know, reach out to United Way. I also, maybe I'm stupid, but I didn't realize there's a, a two one one number, like a, like a nine one one. Um, and it's actually available, um, throughout the entire countries. And it's, uh, it's basically, it directs callers to organizations and helplines for all sorts of needs and essential community services. So it's out there two one one, if nobody's ever heard it and if anybody ever needs it.
1: Yeah. I forgot about that myself. So good call.
0: So that's the first thing. The second sweet thing I got, I kind of want to talk about Jalen Brown a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Let's do it. Obviously he signs the richest contract to date. I assume it won't last very long. As contracts just get even higher and higher and maybe Saudis start paying people. Like (laughs) (laughs) hopefully that doesn't really happen. I love the uh, Mbappe stuff too. I'm just ignoring things. That's pretty cool. Um, but anyway, so, yeah, Jalen Brown, five years, what, max, uh, super max, $304 million contract. Insane. Uh, super amount Cha-ching. of money. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to find that one. There it is. And, uh, You're rich! There it is. So, uh, anyway, my my son, I, I've talked about this before, right? My three-year-old son, we always play. For some odd reason, he fell in love with, uh, you know, and the Boston Celtics. <laughs> and uh every green time basketball we're out, yeah green basketball every, every time we're out there playing he's like i'll be jason tatum you be jalen brown and i couldn't be prouder to be called jalen brown because <laughs> this man <laughs> is just awesome i i went back and read some more stuff uh, yeah. you know just the the impact he has and things he wants to do with the community mm-hmm. um and i just watched the press conference that he just had after you know signing that huge contract and a reporter he kind of just plainly asked, you know, what do you, what do you plan to do with this, you know, on and off the floor? And he went in, he, he was ready to go. He talked about how he wants to launch a project to bring uh, Black Wall Street back to Boston. He wants yep. to attack the wealth disparities, simulate the wealth gap. And he understands and he said it, you know, through his platform, through his influence, he wants to create new jobs, you know, resources, business ideas, highlight minorities and stimulate, you know, the wealth gap. And then he thinks that Boston could be an example um, for not just, you know, other cities in the country, but across the world. And it's just awesome. I love to see somebody get it. Yeah, I love when you see somebody getting these huge contracts. You, It's unfathomable to think, you know, what mm-hmm. you would do with it but those are the things you want people to do with it.
1: Yeah. He's a smart guy. He had that answer ready to go, but you know, to his credit, you know, that's, he, it's genuine, you know, and I think he's going to follow through on all that, you know, going back even a few years ago, back during the pandemic, I remember, you know, during everything with George Floyd, um, you know, he was really vocal. He was, you know, outspoken about a lot of different things and you could just tell from there and then, you know, he was able to articulate himself and you just, he's a, very smart guy. He, he understands his surroundings and, you know, he knows how to prioritize things in life. You can just tell. And on top of everything else, he's a very good basketball player. And this is definitely well-deserved. You know, it's a lot of money, but that's where the league's going. Like you said, you know, with revenues and all this stuff, you know, the money's just going to keep coming in. And as you alluded, you know, the the contracts are just going to get bigger and bigger, um, you know, I heard a thing that Shea Gilgis is going to be, um, eligible for 400 million when his time comes. So, um, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be crazy. It's a good time to be a professional athlete. It's a good time to be in the NBA and be a very good player in that league. Um, and yeah, Celtics are going to be a good team this year. Uh, we'll get more in depth when we get to the Eastern conference and cover each team. Um, but we talked about how they brought in Porzingis. I think he's going to be an excellent fit. And Jalen Brown did go into some Celtics questions, and he talked about Porzingis and said, you know, he's looking forward to um, getting that defensive presence in their lineup. You know, they're, they, they're losing Marcus Smart. We've talked all about that. You know, he was a big part of their defense on the perimeter. But now Porzingis comes in as a big man, gives them a different dynamic, and uh, they're going to be fun to watch.
0: Yeah, and it seems like more and more teams now are going that route of just, you know, pay uh, just a small amount of superstars and then just build. Uh, what was your word again? Uh, <laughs> financially, no, what the heck is it? <laughs> You're strategically
1: <free>. ch- cheap.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Strategically cheap. <laughs> exactly. And I think that's, it seems to be the way a lot of people are going. I also yeah. looked up, um, actually, I didn't look it up, but uh, Spot Track posted something and, and they showed because most likely I think what Jason Tatum's contract is over after not this year but next year right I think it's two I years think so, away. yeah so he most likely you know will go into that type of supermax and I'm sure it'll be more than 304 million dollars at that point and they were just talking about how much money they have invested in just those two guys and how much they'd be getting paid out for the next year's to come. And it's, it's amazing how much they, they will have invested in those two guys. But, but yeah, it seems like the way the NBA is going. And I mean, I guess I can't, uh, I can't argue with it. So we'll, we'll see what happens here. Yep. Um, let's see another piece of news that happened. Um, I just wanted to touch on quick was I'm sure everybody's heard about it already, but uh, you know, Bronny, James Lebron's son at USC during a workout uh, suffered cardiac arrest. Um, pretty crazy story, and, and there's uh, you know people making things up all over the place out here about you know why these things happen. Um, but basically, all I wanted to say was I, I saw that uh, you know people were reaching out, um, uh, even you know Demar Hamlin and stuff was was tweeting to him, you know showing his support and whatnot, but. Crazy thing happened during the workout. Hopefully, you know it sounds like everything's he's on the up and up and doing all right. But I can't imagine again for you know the future, you know Le- LeBron's future and stuff. What kind of you know yeah. health impacts that could have and, and you know changing shaping his career and stuff. But um, crazy to hear, but glad he's doing all right.
1: Yeah, and of course you know the world we live in now, social media. Everybody's got an opinion, and you know people saying some dumb stuff, and just gotta. Remember that, you know, these are human beings we're dealing with here. You know, everybody likes to rip on LeBron and stuff. But, you know, this is a man and his kid and his, their family. And, you know, health comes first, safety first, family first.
0: Yep. And with that, here's my public service announcement. <laughs> go, go get familiar with CPR, man. If you uh yes. if you're out there, you're, you're not too familiar with it. You know, you can just go look. I even went on. Uh, just, I just Google searched the other day, just to kind of refresh my memory on stuff, especially with little kids and older kids. And
1: yeah, yeah, I need it for my job. And, uh, there you go. Yeah, I know I could definitely use another refresher.
0: So yeah, you can always get those, um, get up to speed on it. You never know every, I think I read something about, especially with cardiac arrest. It's a Man, I think it was like every minute or something yeah. that you wait, or you know, start giving CPR to that person. Yeah. Um, you double and like triple um, their recovery, I guess. Possibility. So it's it's really good. Um, so check that out. So I think that's good. <laughs> that covers our three. For I guess we had three first things in a way. Yeah. So doing our uh, our public service. That's Anyways. Right. So, back onto some basketball stuff. Actually, set the table after that, too. Um, Obviously, I'll do a WNBA update here towards the end, not at the beginning again um also what else we got oh we're gonna hop into our leftovers from west group a utah and portland as we do yeah. continue our individual breakdowns and then time permitting and and stuff we'll, we'll see where we go we're gonna hop into west group c which is sacramento golden state minnesota okc and san antonio so i'm sure we won't get through all those but but we'll yeah. definitely start them so um, one other thing I wanted to touch on though NBA related before we hop into the I know you've got a small list of uh, moves and transactions and yeah you know, stuff to, small <laughs> to check out but um there was there was something that came out from I think it was ESPN it was just news around ESPN and ESPN looking for like strategic partners and they were looking into partnering with I think they've had talks already with the NBA the NFL and the MLB and so the NBA media rights are up for sale after the 2024-25 season, so coming up pretty soon here. And I can't help I mean we see what's happening with ESPN and we don't we don't care for ESPN. And I don't think a lot of other yeah. people care for ESPN. And uh I can't help to think that you know Disney owns ESPN, ABC, yeah. all that stuff. I can't help to think that Disney's just in trouble and ESPN's in trouble, and they're trying to do whatever they can. To save, to save ESPN, basically.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, we see a lot of people losing their jobs. It's unfortunate, but yeah, you know.
0: And it's, I don't know, I guess it's just a, a little insane because I, I, I'm picturing the future of cable television. And I, so like NBA was like the first sport to basically go to cable from like regular television, right? Yeah. And now you're seeing all these deals with, like, the Apples, Amazons. um, I don't think Netflix has Mm -hmm. anything really specifically. But um, I just, man, it's going to be crazy because I think the NBA can get a lot more doing some exclusive um, streaming deal, basically. And then I'm like, well, maybe they still team up with ESPN. But I don't know if ESPN in the future is going to be what it is now. I don't even know if it's going to be on TV.
1: It's crazy package. because we talked, we just talked about the revenue stuff and how, you know, the players are really benefiting, but like, yeah, these networks are having to pay top dollar. Um, and then, yeah, like are people even going to be watching these networks to see the games when they have all these other means of watching and streaming and stuff. It's going to be really interesting to see how, like you said, this shakes out in the next few years. Um, and again, you know, feel, feel for anybody who's losing their job, you know, stuff like that. But at the same time, you know, the world's changing and, you know, the audience is growing and, you know, that moves the market. So.
0: Exactly. But
1: yeah, no, it was just
0: interesting stuff. I see it out there and I'm just, it's a, yeah, the the future is very interesting. Actually, and speaking of the future, I actually yeah. I think I liked it. I'm not sure if I uh, retweeted it, but it's on our Twitter or X or whatever the hell mm-hmm. it's called now. But <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I think on the app there's still the blue bird, but if you go on the desktop site, there's the stupid black X. But yeah. I don't know. Anyways, there was a a FIBA. I think it's a FIBA court, right? Yeah. Man, I should have pulled it up, but it's like an all glass. Court, it's sweet, and they can put like stats and all these different graphics and stuff in it. it yeah, it looks awesome. I
1: saw it. It looks sweet. I love how, like, you know, if someone hits a three, it flashes, you know, three pointer just looks amazing for anybody listening. Go check it out. There's video and stuff. Yeah, uh, definitely- again, you talk about the future of the game, the yeah. game's in good
0: hands. There, there was like somebody pushing a a, a push broom to kind of you know like dust the floor or whatnot, yeah. and like that the graphic was like they, it would basically it was black and white, and then it would turn into color as yep. they like swept over top of it. And it was like it's really nuts. really cool looking, absolutely cool stuff. But yeah, go check it out. Yep. Um, let's see. So yeah, do you want to go through your quick list of uh, updates there? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, might as well. It's it's like we said last week, it's really slowing down. I think, you know, rosters are starting to get finalized. Um, just a couple moves here. Um, Ayo Desunmu, he wound up re-signing a three-year deal with the Chicago Bulls. Um, and then Atlanta, the Hawks, they waived Tyrese Martin, which opened up a roster spot for Wesley Matthews. So uh the veteran Matthews signs a one-year deal. He'll come in, he'll play a Spot roll off the bench, but nonetheless, that's a good pickup. And that's all I got. Wow. That's all I got, my brother. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Short and simple. So, yeah. We're still oh. waiting on a lot of, like, you know, somewhat yeah. big names. And we'll get into it. A lot of it is um, kind of Eastern Conference related. So, I'm going to save my comments for that. Um, looking at you, Hornets.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we'll... We'll get more into it here in the next coming weeks.
0: Nope, that sounds good. So I think actually we kind of went through the first half here of the show a little quicker than I thought. Pretty efficient. But, um, yeah, let's uh, we will jump into uh, the rest of West Group A and West Group C on the other side of this message.
1: Hey, this is Steve from Menace Podman. Scott and I have been having a blast creating our podcast. I can't tell you how much we look forward to recording days and providing amazing NBA content to our listeners every week. It's hard work, but with the right software, it's a lot easier. We use Podcastle to seamlessly edit and create production quality sounding podcasts. Podcastle is now equipped to record audio and video and distribute to all the places podcasts are found. You can find a link directly in the show notes to Podcastle. So if you're a podcaster or future podcaster, go check out Podcastle. Okay, so we're going to continue
0: our individual team breakdowns here. Um, we got to finish up the the last group there, uh, group A that we didn't finish. So we're going to start with the Utah Jazz. And I just want to shout out to Walker Kessler. His birthday was this week. So happy birthday, Walker Kessler. <laughs> Our boys. <laughs> but anyways, Utah finished 37-45, 12th in the West. They started, I remember they started the season like on a tear and then just kind of fell back to earth. But uh they got a really bright future. They're looking good.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think we gotta start with uh Lori Markinen. He just yep. had an incredible season. He was uh 19th overall across nine categories in fantasy and just kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, we've seen going back to his days with the Bulls and then even, you know, his time with the Cleveland Cavaliers, you know, we saw the talent um, in spurts, but not to the level that we saw last year with the Jazz. Um, It was kind of interesting, you know, when he was with Cleveland, they started using him at the three and they used that big lineup they wound up doing the same thing in Utah last season. We weren't really sure what they were going to do. We mm-hmm. weren't really sure what Utah's plan was. You know, a lot of people thought that Utah was going to tank last season because they traded everybody away. They traded away Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, they kind of blew Mike Conley. They blew the team up. But, uh, you know, they've got a great foundation here, and it starts with marketing. He was fantastic. Um, Our guy, Walker Kessler, uh, we talked all about him. He started off the season coming off the bench, you know, very minimal role. Uh, But, you know, they had some other guys. They had Jared Vanderbilt, who they wound up trading, and that opened up a spot. Plus, uh, Kelly Olenek and his injury opened up even more time for Kessler. And he came in second half of the season. He really established himself as a starting center in the NBA. Um, He'll come into the season with that spot. Um, you know, that's his, and then we talked about how they traded for John Collins. You know, they didn't have to give up much to get him. He'll come in, presumably he'll start. So that's going to be their front court. It's a big front court, uh, but very versatile, very talented. Um, all three guys can step out and shoot. They've got some passing ability. Um, yeah, they're going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um, they should all be really good for fantasy. You know, like I said, marketing was a top 20 guy last season. I don't know if he'll be that good. Mm -hmm. Um, and in terms of drafts, I see him as more of like a 30 to 40 range of, of that's kind of where I think he'll go. Um, and then Walker Kessler, I actually think he'll go around the same time. He's got a lot of hype right now. Um, partly from us, <laughs> but <laughs> but really, just all across the industry, um, everybody's high on him. Like we said, you know, he showed, he demonstrated all the skills that he has just in one season, and now you know he's got a year under his belt. Um, so I think he's going to go definitely top fifty in drafts. I think that's right around where if you want him, you're going to have to invest a top pick and to get him. Um, no, I can, comp- yeah. I was going to say Sorry. John It's okay. I was just going to say John Collins, too. You know, he's coming off uh, a couple of, like, more down seasons, but I think he's definitely a bounce-back candidate. You know, presumably Utah, you know, wants him. They traded for him for a reason. Um, they're going to utilize him. And I think, you know, he's had seasons in the past, like we said, where, um, you know, he's, he's put up some – super productive numbers and he can get back to that a little bit. You know, obviously they've got to share the ball. Um, They've got all those mouths to feed, but um, I think they can make it work. That's a really good front court. I think all three guys um, are going to be really good in fantasy. As far as John Collins, um, he's been sliding in drafts. You know, like I've mentioned, I've been doing a lot of mock drafts on ESPN. Mm -hmm. Um, He's going like around a hundred, I would say. So that's probably a really good spot to try to get him like I said, I do think he has a lot of um, bounce back ability. Um, we've talked about their backcourt, though. They've they've really kind of decimated this, you know, group of guards. Um, they're coming in with Colin Sexton and Jordan Clarkson as like the incumbent starters there. Um, Chris Dunn, they brought him in late last season, and he had a really good run with them. Um. Keontae George, who they drafted, he had a really good summer league. We talked about him a little bit. I think uh, George, I mean, he's a guy to definitely just watch. You know, keep on your watch list. I don't know that he's going to be worth drafting in fantasy this year, but he's a guy that I think later in the season, or if there's injuries, you know, Sexton's been in and out of the lineup pretty much his whole career. Um, He's been very inconsistent. I could see something there where maybe George emerges and gets more playing time. Uh, But I also think this team could easily go out and get a veteran, and we've talked about that. So we'll have to kind of see. I don't really like any of their guards in fantasy right now. Like, I don't think I'm drafting any of them. If you want to take Sexton or Clarkson late, like a last round or two, that's fine. I mean, Clarkson's a good scorer. But I think some of his scoring is going to go down now that Collins is in the lineup. I think those three big guys are going to, you know, primarily control the uh, the offense. Really, as as awkward as that sounds.
0: No, I actually completely agree. I think as far as fantasy worthy, it's just those three three main pillars, I guess, if you will. Um, it, weirdly enough, too, when I look at this lineup. Just like real quick, it reminds me kind of the makeup of a Minnesota Timberwolves roster. They kind of get like a, you know, three-star bigger guys and then kind of work around them. Um, But obviously these guys are a lot younger and a lot more athletic, I think.
1: Yeah, more mobile. And I think they can make it work a little bit better. So um, the other guy to mention is Olenek. He's still on the roster. And as long as he's healthy, he's an option. I think he's just a guy that like if anything happens to any of those three starters – He's a guy that I think you would be adding off of waivers at that point.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I I agree. I think this team is made up of a lot of people that you're just watching the waiver wire, and if something happens to anybody, any of those three, you know, four, anybody in that starting lineup, you look yeah. at the next man up, and yeah, the guys you mentioned, like Kante George, that could be huge. Even of uh, uh, Agbaji I he's he's shown spots. Mm-hmm. He's had
1: starts. Yeah, last he looked year. good last year at times, and um, you know, trades are definitely a possibility here as well. I'm actually, maybe I'm crazy, but
0: I'm not convinced Jordan Clarkson stays there. I don't know if there's any, I, I know he signed, you know, just recently here, but I don't know if there's anything around not trading him or anything, but I could see him still getting moved if that's a possibility. I,
1: yeah. Maybe in February or something. Yeah. Yeah. Deadline. Later
0: on. But it's, yeah, he's an interesting one. Cause like you said, I would assume his production goes way down based on the, the additions they've made with John Collins and stuff, but, and then even more, I would assume even more play going through Markinen and Walker and stuff. So I don't know, but we shall see. But also with the Colin Sexton stuff, we've seen him not be very, you know, useful or productive. He's there, but maybe he becomes even more based on, you know, how they use him and the the production of everybody else. So
1: yeah, it's a good point. We'll have to see.
0: Yeah. I don't know. So yeah, I think that covers Utah and then... (laughs) and then portland go. and portland <laughs> I don't I don't even know where to start with that um well I guess I do know where to start <laughs> portland was finished 33 and 49 13th in the west so way down there towards the bottom um, they can't seem to get any help for Dame Lillard I guess I don't know <laughs> um, yeah they got it, Dames obviously the, the the thing we have to figure out how that domino falls yeah Dame
1: they, time Dame time's up
0: yeah and it doesn't seem to be going to fall anytime soon because what he only wants to go there still i think is the case and
1: miami yeah that's yeah. all he wants and they're just they don't have anything to offer like i've been saying i think they're going to try to get multiple teams involved um they've they have been um you know it doesn't sound like portland's been very clear about what they want back for dame you know you can assume that it's going to be um you know high draft picks but also a combination of that with you know, win now type players, it's going to be easier said than done. But, you know, if you can get, you know, three, four teams total involved, you can maybe make something happen. But uh, I did hear Jaime Jaquez now being
0: a rookie signing that deal. He's eligible to be traded. Is it August 1st? I believe. So some people had been talking about about...
1: right. I'm not a a huge expert on the rookie contracts, but I think you might be right there. And yeah, that's um, definitely an option as well. We'll have to see, you know, it's going to be, you know, we still got a a couple months here to go before camp opens up and everything. So, you know, we'll have to see how it plays out. But uh, right now, I think all we can do is just go off of what their current lineup looks like and then just kind of go from there. So in terms of, um, how the, the, the lineup looks at this moment. Um, right now, I've got uh, Dame Lillard at point guard. Um, I've got Anthony Simon starting at the two. Um, I've got Matisse Thibel starting at small forward. Uh, Jeremy Grant, of course, he's back, you know, signed the huge deal to re-sign with them. And they still have Yusuf Nurkic at the five. So to mm-hmm. me, that's kind of their incumbent starting lineup as of right now. Um Obviously, if Dane gets traded, you're looking at Scoot Henderson, Shaden Sharp. Um, you know, even even a guy like Nazir Little could wind up getting some more playing time. He's more of a front court guy, but a lot of these younger guys that they have, you know, Chris Murray, um, they're they're going to all get more. Um, you know, chances to play. But at the same time, you have to remember if they're trading Dame, they're not just going to get back picks. They're going to have to make the salaries match. They're going to be bringing in players. And those players are going to have to, you know, presumably be in the rotation. So, you know, there's no guarantee that like their rookies and young players are just automatically going to play 30, 40 minutes every night. You know, we're going to have to kind of see what happens. So right now, in fantasy, I'm just kind of going at, you know, off of what they currently are and just presume that, you know, Lillard, if he stays or goes, he's going to be himself, which is, you know, a great player, um, a first or second rounder in fantasy, um, you know, a marquee guy at a premium position. So he's a guy that I still like to take. Obviously, there's, you know, huge risk in what happens if he doesn't get traded and maybe he doesn't report to camp or he does report to camp, but he's not going to play in games. You know, who knows? We're going to have to kind of see, but we've seen this before from other players and these things have a tendency to kind of work themselves out before, if not training camp, uh, before the regular season begins. So, you know, we've got plenty of time to see what happens here. Uh, for now, I'm kind of, like I said, I'm still looking at Dame as Dame, you know, I think he's a, a late first rounder early second rounder at the least um as far as like the rest of their team you know Jeremy Grant he's he's kind of a mid round guy i think he kind of is who he is at this point he's a very good scorer he's a good nine cat guy cuz he's a good defensive player he's not the star that he's being paid to be yeah. um but he's kind of—he's another one of those guys that I think he has more value in real life than he does in fantasy. Um, but he's still a really good player, and I think in terms of fantasy, he's, you know, probably like a seventy-five to one hundred range. You know, just a, a quality forward to kind of fill out your rotation. Um, Nurkic—he's—he's he's been the most up and down center <laughs> that I can think of in recent years. I mean, I remember when, you know, he was hurt the year of the bubble. He came back for the bubble and he was awesome. Uh, Then he got hurt again and he's been basically trash ever since. So, (laughs) um, you know, he needs to get healthy. He needs to get right. And I don't know if he's going to stay on this team, but assuming he does, um, he's the starter. He doesn't have much behind him at this point. So, you know, I like him. I think he's, uh, you know, fine kind of last center to have on your roster so I definitely think he's worth drafting um, Anthony Simons I, it's tough with him I think he's shown signs of being great but he's also shown signs of just being one of those like inefficient scoring type guys who gets you know points and you know not a whole lot, lot else so um you know I, I I still like him I think he still has a lot of upside he's a young guy and he's a guy that could benefit if Dame leaves, you know, he's a guy that could wind up getting the ball in his hands even more. Um, so I like him as a late round kind of flyer type. Um, and that's pretty much it. I think with Scoot Henderson, it's anybody's guess. You know, he looked really good in summer league, you know, the the one game that he played. Um, you know, we just gotta we gotta see a little bit more. We'll have to see what happens coming into preseason. Um and obviously it's all going to be based on Dame in this whole trade situation.
0: Yeah, I think I think everybody on that lineup benefits from him leaving. <laughs> if he leaves um fantasy wise um all the young guys I, for sure. Yeah. The older definitely.
1: guys don't benefit.
0: <laughs> correct, correct. And I and again, I don't like we said we don't know who they'd be able to bring in. Obviously, if they are getting rid of him, they're probably going to bring in some quality rotation people like you mentioned um but i don't think i mean they're not going to be anywhere at the level of dame lillard (laughs) i would assume Um, it's just going to be pieces that add up to dame lillard right so um i agree i i is you know i i guess the only thing i would do my case personally i i mentally can't take the uh uncertainty in gymnastics of what's going to go on with this team (laughs) and i really don't want to draft any of them i really don't um personally at this point but obviously that stuff will probably all get sorted out hopefully by time you would be drafting a fantasy team um yeah. and then I'd, I'd have a better idea of what i want to do but like you said and in this moment in this point in time exactly what you said completely agree with all of it and uh i mean there's nothing else you can do with that stuff um Anthony simons i don't i don't trust him um scoot henderson i would definitely give a flyer if it the opportunity presented itself you know later on in the draft but
1: Yeah, he's been going kind of early. I think a lot of people are just anticipating that Dame is going to get traded and that they're just going to hand the ball to Scoot from the get go and be like, here you go. I don't know that that's going to happen. And I was going to say, I'm not even convinced
0: that he's in the starting lineup, even if Dame leaves. Yeah, from the get go.
1: Exactly. From the get go, um, you know, over time. And I mean, if you're drafty, if you're in a head to head league, you can draft him aggressively and say, hey, look, you know, I will sit on him all year. I'll wait for that end of the year value when he's out there playing and, you know, doing his thing and they're taking it up or whatever. But um, yeah, I mean, be prepared for kind of a rocky situation there.
0: All right. So I think that covers Portland and then I covers yeah. all of that uh, group A. So that puts us into the final Playing group and the Western Conference. Where are we at? Group C. Yep. <laughs> yeah, Group C. Since I keep messing myself up since I did these out of order. Um, so yeah, I don't know. You want to start with Sacramento, I yeah, guess. Yeah, let like beam. Yeah. finished what, forty eight and 34 third in the West. Um, obviously lost to Golden State in the first round there. Close competitive round. I liked Sacramento to win that, but uh they felt just a little bit short. But um yeah, know yeah. they got a quality team, um, and yeah, a lot of options here.
1: Yeah, and starting with uh, your boy Domas, he's been the man. You know, it it really was kind of a you know controversial trade when they you know dealt Halliburton away to get him, but it clearly the fit was there. They needed that like dynamic big man that could work with De'Aaron Fox. It kind of form that one-two punch. It's been a great fit so far. Uh, we talked all about Mike Brown and him coming in, you know, and and taking over as coach of that team. Been a seamless transition there. Yeah, great coach fit, of the year. coach of the year. Um, you know, really got these guys to believe not only in him but like in themselves and each other and their system. So, um, yeah, Sabonis and Fox. I think Sabonis is a fantastic fantasy player um you know he's an absolute like you know second rounder type guy uh one of your first big men that you're going to draft um you know just a great player fox we talked all about him huge improvement this past season uh to kind of catapult himself in my in my mind as um one of the higher point guards you know not like if we're going to put him in tiers he wouldn't be in that like upper tier of like your you know, SGA's, Halliburton's, Dames, Curry's, um, Kyrie Irving's, even like Harden and, and those guys. But kind of that like middle tier where you're talking about like, you know, Fox, DeJounte Murray, maybe Drew Holiday, those guys. You know where like maybe your second or third guard on your I, roster? I was going to say,
0: it turns into teams that have more Offensive power, firepower, <laughs> like like Sacramento, we see here. They've got all these different people that score, and I think the the guys in the top echelon for me are the guys that are the focal point. They're the the number one guy, and there's not much else supporting them around them or just one other person.
1: But. Yeah, but the big thing with Fox was um, he finished forty second overall, which for him, way higher than he's ever been. You know, just oh, yeah. he was so much more efficient this season. Uh, the shooting, we talked all about it. He was. Over 50%, over 51% from the field. That's incredible for him.
0: Yeah, Absolutely and the clutch. incredible. And the clutch shooting. We the clutch factor, we talked yeah.
1: all about it. So, yeah, I really like Fox as, like a, like I said, a second or third guard on your team to kind of pair with, you know, whoever you take towards the top of your draft. Um, With upside, you know, he's still a young guy. He's still got even more room to grow. And uh, this team's going to grow together. You know, I think uh, Keegan Murray – is going to probably have an even better season than he had last year as a rookie, which was pretty solid. Um, His fantasy game still needs a lot of work, but I think he's a good kind of late-round guy to target. Um, They brought back Harrison Barnes. We talked about that. Kind of a a risky move. They paid him a lot of money. But, again, that's one of those, like, you know, in real life, he provides that value because he's a leader. You know, that's kind of a locker room move for them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just kind of keep that continuity going. Um, I think he'll still be in the starting lineup, but, you know, I could see him getting load managed a little bit and stuff like that. Kind of make way for some of these younger guys. Um, They brought in um, Sasha Vazenkov. We talked all about him and how he was the, you know, EuroLeague MVP. Yeah, yeah. Um, He looks like a great fit. I can't wait to see him. He's going to be fun to watch. And I think he's a guy that could earn more minutes as the season goes on, and a guy like Barnes could maybe start taking a back seat. Um, they brought in Trey Lyles; they brought him back. He's been a really good fit for them, and um, you know I think he'll have decent playing time still moving forward. Um, in terms of their guards, you know they're they've got a really good collection of like perimeter guys. They've got Kevin Herter, Malik Monk. They brought in Chris Duarte from the Pacers. Yep. Uh, they still have Davion Mitchell. I mean, all those guys I think are going to play. They're going to see minutes. And, uh, yeah, it's just a good mix. In terms of fantasy, I'm not really high on any of those guys. Uh, if you want to take Kevin Herter late, that's okay. Uh, but he's going to be up and down. We talked all about him. <laughs> um, Yeah, that's pretty much it as yeah. far as their team goes. I say okay.
0: fantasy-wise, uh, obviously Sabonis Fox are awesome, and I don't know if it's doable but i would definitely consider depending on where i was in the draft taking sabonis and fox yeah because i think that's where everything in their offense kind of comes from and so many stats there it's almost you know basically handcuffing with the sacramento kings and i think they're going to be amazing again this year i think they're going to be even better this year um and those two guys i don't think they're going to go down in production or in numbers at all so that i would yeah. consider doing that
1: yeah, for sure. I mean, if you take like a a marquee point guard, say with like your first pick, you come back second round, he takes a bonus, you could take Fox in like the third, fourth, or fifth round. Yep. And there you go. That's a really good, you know, start to your team. Yeah, yeah. I like it. No, I, th- I
0: think that's solid. And as far as everybody else, I do agree. I don't, I don't like advice, and I don't like Kevin Herter mainly just because he makes me lose bets all the time on the same game parlays. The, yeah, the man, we talked about that, that. The man hits four threes one game, and the next game he can't hit the side of a barn. So he's it, he was weirdly uh, where I don't remember where he finished uh, ranked fantasy wise for the season. He was he was like up at a number I did not even expect or something. But he's he's sneaky he's sneaky of uh, effective and productive, but when he wants to be, it seems like it's like some days he's there, some days he's not. Harrison he finished, Barnes.
1: He Sorry. finished 89th per game across nine categories. So you're right. I mean, he wasn't like on the season, he was pretty productive, but that was with a lot of ups and downs. Like you said, he's either getting 20 points or he's getting two points.
0: Yep. And
1: yeah. the field goal percentage, he's either you know hitting all the shots or he's missing them all. Yep. So, huge and roller coaster Harrison, ride. Yeah.
0: And then that's when, like, and when herders cold, that's when Malik Monk would pick things up last year and, you know, Keegan Murray and even Harrison Barnes would become somewhat productive when, when herders out. But, yep. it, but all those guys just intertwine in some piece and go back and forth. But that's why they were so successful, though, I think, last year because you know, kind of that next man up and one guy had a bag. Yeah. And the other guy was there um, to cover them. So, and still yeah, no. growing
1: and developing. I mean, Mitchell's going to, you know, hopefully take on even more uh, of a role with them. And, and like we said, Duarte is an up-and-coming guy too. He's still got some upsides. So yeah. we'll have to I see think, how the rotation looks. Yeah, the most important key to me is that
0: Sasha Vysenkov won. Like yeah. what he's going to bring the team, how much he's going to be utilized. Like he is the X factor for me. And that, um, you know, could change a lot of things. As far as even the Sabonis Fox stuff, how I feel about that right now, if he becomes a big part of that offense, I you know, yeah. changes my mind just a little bit when yeah. I take those guys.
1: So, I think we got time for Golden State here. I think we
0: got time for maybe two. I think we're only in about 45 minutes here. So,
1: all I right, we, well, let's, yeah. let's go over to the dubs here. Let's um, do it. you know, we talked all about how they brought in Chris Paul. We don't really know kind of what, what their rotation is going to look like. But we have an idea because you and I both talked about it. You said, you know, I think it's going to be a matchup based, much like right. what they did during the playoffs. I completely agree with you. I think it's going to be, you know, if they're going up against a bigger team, they'll go with that kind of traditional, um, you know, Steph, Clay, Wiggins, Draymond, and Kevon Looney at the five. But mm-hmm. if they're going up against more of an athletics, kind of smaller lineup, I think they'll use the lineup with uh, Chris Paul, Steph Curry together in the backcourt. They'll shift Clay over to the three, Wiggins to the four, and Draymond to that small ball center. And, uh, yeah, that's a dangerous lineup. A lot of guys, a lot of you know superstar talent, a lot of experience. Um, if they can all stay healthy, they're going to be tough in the West. And they bolstered their bench. Um, they brought in Corey Joseph. I think he's a really good backup for those guys. Um, they brought in Dario Saric. I've always liked him. If he's healthy, I think he'll help. Um, and then, of course, they've got you know their young guys like Kaminga, Moody, uh, Gary Payton II. Those guys all still have upside room to grow. Um, Payton, I don't know that he's got a lot of upside in terms of like his development, but as long as he's healthy – I think he has upside in terms of like taking on a bigger role and playing more minutes and more meaningful minutes.
0: No, I completely agree. He's, he's basically just like a spark (laughs) on that lineup. He gets, gets guys going, lights people up. And like you said, definitely defensive end. Uh, He does a lot, but, um, Yeah. yeah, that whole team is full of, um, <laughs> fantasy prospects you want to draft between what curry thompson
1: yeah and so i think i think curry is absolutely still a first rounder you know he might he might slide a little bit but i think he'll he'll definitely go by like late first round you know this the upside still there you know we know that he's older and all of these guys are going to be injury prone they're going to be you mm-hmm. know uh, they're going to have a good chance of getting load managed and all that stuff but you know stuff is still stuff you still got to take him first round and I talked about this before. I think Chris Paul, you know, he's sliding a lot in mock drafts. I like taking Chris Paul in the mid-rounds. I think he's still a really good guard. And if he's healthy, I mean, he's still going to play. He's still going to have a big role. You know, we saw even when he played in Houston next to James Harden, like he still handled the ball. He still did his thing. He took a little bit of a backseat, but like he's still a very productive player, especially a nine cat. Um, you know, he's, he's always... Stay. He's always been a really good shooter. Yeah, he's always going to still get assists, steals...
0: It's I think what's play, really yeah. big uh, too, I, I noticed with the same game parlays last year is Golden State is not a great rebounding team, especially when they don't have Kevon Looney in there. Like the, yeah. the rebounds kind of gets spread across. So as far as Chris Paul is considered, obviously he's going to get a bunch of assists, but I would assume those rebounding numbers actually go up for him. That's a good point too. He doesn't do a lot of rebounding. They
1: need somebody anymore. in there to rebound, and yeah, you're right. He's got you know for a point guard, he's got size. And, so. and
0: when you get guys shooting threes all the time like Curry, Thompson, mm-hmm. whatnot, long rebounds coming That's back right. out. just something to take a look
1: at absolutely and then um you know i still like um draymond clay thompson andrew wiggins they're all like late round guys um but they're definitely guys still worth drafting um wiggins the last couple years he's really kind of upped his game um in fantasy he's gotten a lot better in terms of the percentages and not turning the ball over as much um after that, I don't think there's really buddy in terms of fantasy. Kavon Looney, maybe late if you need an extra big man, like very late in your draft. But again, like we said, his role is going to be inconsistent depending on the matchup. Um, and then they're young guys; it's all going to come down to like you know opportunity. If all the uh, the older guys are healthy, those young guys probably take a back seat still. But you know, if anybody rests or if there's a big injury or something, you know, we saw Wiggins kind of. Um, take time away from the team. If something like that happens, that's going to open up more minutes for guys like Kuminga, Peyton, if he's healthy, um, and possibly Moody, like yeah. we said. Or, or if the starting lineup is just
0: absolutely amazing and they destroy people. Yeah. A lot of garbage time for those guys.
1: That's <laughs> true. Very good point. Yeah. So again, matchup based, you know, and that's something where like DFS, you can target yeah. different matchups and stuff like that. That's an excellent point.
0: Yeah, I think I I don't have anything else to add in Golden State. I think we know what Golden State is pretty much. at yeah. kind of the the same uh, uh, cornerstones on that team right now. So exactly. All right. So I, yeah, let's do one more real quick. Actually, All right. let's get into Minnesota let's Timberwolves. Finished forty two and forty. Finished eighth in the West. Lost to Denver in the first round. The toughest opponent for the <laughs> NBA champions to uh, eliminate out of the playoffs. Um, my pick to to dethrone them as well. And last year I thought Minnesota was going to upset them, but did not happen. Nonetheless, Minnesota is a team that I hate and love all at the same time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I think in terms of fantasy, you know, people kind of feel the same way, you know, Carl Anthony towns, former number one overall pick. I mean, he's, we've seen his ceiling. We've seen him at the, the top. You know, he's been such an awesome player in the past, but this past season, you know, um, major downer, he only played 30 games. And in those 30 games, he finished um, ranked 33rd, which for him, extremely low standards. He was more of like a first round pick. Um, you know, he's hoping for a huge bounce back this year. He needs to stay healthy mentally, though. He needs to be prepared and, and ready to go. He just looked very out of sync. We talked all about it last year. There were times where he was like disappearing just kind of you know going through the motions didn't look very engaged on the court he needs to get back into it he needs to be ready to go um, I think he can get there uh, but no way am I touching him in the first round I think he's more of like a second third rounder um, I have seen him slip a little bit in mock drafts um, I see him going like kind of in the like late 20s so you can kind of probably target him there. Um, he's still a fine kind of first center to have on your roster. Uh, But obviously he's coming off a down year. You got to have some backup for him just in case something happens. Um, Anthony Edwards, you know, the sky's the limit with him, you know, clearly the upsides there, but he's had a ton of hype these last couple of years and just hasn't quite lived up to expectations, but um, he finished 40th across nine categories last year. And, for him, I think that's pretty solid. And I think that's kind of a good, you know, kind of like sort of range to look to target him is kind of in that like 30 to 40 ish sort of range. Uh, I think if you're going earlier than that, you're kind of running a risk, but you know, we kind of talked about, it kind of reminds me similar to uh, Devin Booker, you know, kind of mm-hmm. just the upsides there, the talents there. And depending on your build, your need, you know, if you need a score, um, You know, you can take him as, like, your second or third player and almost sort of build around him, um, you know, based on, like, his deficiencies and stuff. And, again, he's young. He's got tons of upside. Um, He could turn a corner and easily break out and and move into, like, the top 20 or maybe even top 10, you know. We'll have to see. Yeah, no, I completely agree.
0: Anthony Edwards keeps – he's always proved me – somewhat wrong here in the just the recent year and stuff i i just not that high on i didn't think he was that efficient i didn't think he was mature enough (laughs) to basically be a a quality star and a, a high pick for me i'm still kind of on that um train that boat there yeah. i actually myself personally i probably wouldn't draft him even unless it's like something where it's just glaringly staring me in the face and Same. I'm, i gotta take the guy Same. but i'm not i'm definitely not reaching for him for any reason just because of the potential that's there yeah. Um, so yeah i i would let him drop down to where i think he belongs for me
1: personally when i'm drafting and i've been doing a lot of these mock drafts i've been targeting point guards i've been tr- trying to get more of like the guys that get assists because Mm -hmm. I know that they're going early and often. So around the time that guys like Booker and Edwards are coming off the board, that's when I'm taking like the Kyrie Irvings and the Fred Van Vliet. And obviously the guys before them, um, you know, that we mentioned before, those guys are all going off the board around that same time. So I'm prioritizing those guys. And then I'm getting more like scores and perimeter guys later in the draft. So, um, you know, again, it all comes down to like your pick and your team build and stuff like that. Like you said, if they wind up falling to a point where it makes sense and they fit your team, then you go ahead and take them. But, you know, I'm not going to reach for them over guys that have the ball in their hands a little bit more and are getting more assists with them as opposed to just scoring.
0: Correct. And I feel the same way about everybody on this Minnesota Timberwolves roster. Actually, there's no way, unless it's, you know, super obvious that I have to take the Towns or, uh, I, you know, anybody else that's relevant.
1: Yeah, or, they brought in Rudy Gobert last year. And, of course, they yeah. traded all those picks to get him. And, you know, they paired him with Carl Anthony Towns. But like we said, Towns wound up only playing 30 games. So he was out of the lineup the majority of the year. Gobert wound up playing 70 games, which is, yep. you know, not horrible, but not great either. Um, But he was only 60th across nine categories which for him is a little bit of a drop and you know he is getting older now he's in his 30s um you know he still played over 30 minutes a game um you know still kind of scored about what he normally scores um you know he still gets a lot of rebounds but um the blocks kind of dipped a little bit less than one and a half you know he's never been a good free throw shooter um only 64% last season um, still a really good shooter from the field. You know, he's still, he'll still play his game. He's still that, like, you know, interior, you know, just kind of stay by the bucket, get lobs, that sort of role. Yeah. Um, you so would just still, assume,
0: though, with a healthy Carl anthony Towns and now the investment in guys like Nas Reed and things. Yeah. That even being at 60, I would assume he drops even further.
1: Yeah. Year. I I, so. I do think that, you know, there's, you know, kind of a drop coming. So, um, yeah, I'm, I I still like him. In fantasy, but I'm not reaching for him. Basically, he's one of those guys that, like, if he's there, you know, mid to late rounds, and you need another center, go ahead and take him. But there are so many other centers that I would be targeting ahead of him at this point, and I think we'll see that come draft season. Agreed. Um, and then in terms of the rest of their roster, I think they're just a bunch of guys that you know, kind of interchangeable. Uh, Jaden McDaniels, we saw he wound up hurting himself when he punched his hand, (laughs) punched (laughs) the wall, broke his hand. Um, He obviously needs to get more mature, but in terms of on the court production, you know, I think he has another step that he can take. Um, And he's a guy that I do like in nine category. He does a lot of stuff across the board, uh, but I just think his role is going to kind of be hit or miss. Um, I think you could say the same thing about Kyle Anderson. Um, you know, pretty much the whole rest of their rotation. Mike Conley, I think, will still be the point guard there, uh, but he's getting a lot older now. Um, I don't really trust him a ton. I think he's a late round guy. Like I said, I think there's still a ton of value in the point guard position. So um, I'm fine with taking Mike Conley as a late pick, um, but obviously he's past his prime. I don't think you can count on him to have the kind of role. And the kind of value that he's had, you know, over the course of his entire career, um, and then they just got all these young guys, you know, that could, like you said, get more opportunities. Nas Reed, um, and then all their guards that they've got, you know, uh, we've seen Jordan McLaughlin at times. You know, he's had some value. He's played a little bit. Shake Milton, they picked up. They picked up Troy Brown. They brought back Nikhil Alexander Walker. Those guys have all shown flashes. Uh, but nothing that I would want to invest a draft pick in, in terms of fantasy.
0: For sure. Sounds good. So I think we'll cut it off there. Time to go, Merrill. We'll uh, finish up next week with Oklahoma City and San Antonio Spurs. So that'll finish up the Western Conference. And then I assume we'll jump into the Eastern Conference next week as well. Sounds like yep. As far as the WNBA updates, um, I honestly – it's getting close to playoff time. you probably, if you're in it, you're in it. And if you're not, you're not, you probably don't really have too much to look at. There are some moves to be made. If you need to Indiana fever, have like Emma Cannon, uh, Victoria Vivians, who've been very productive with Melissa Smith out of the lineup. So you can look there. Um, but honestly it's, it keeps every week. It keeps being kind of the same story. So the same teams being productive, same players being productive. It's really hard to get trades through with other teams. And, uh, but, yeah, just uh, just run that waiver wire if you need some somebody to, to, to pop in there and stream. But, uh,
1: Minnesota's getting some players back. Uh, Jessica Shepard came back last night, um, played, you know, low amount of minutes, but good to see her finally back on the court. I picked her up. Uh, I'm going to kind of wait and see how that shakes out. Otherwise, just keep streaming.
0: Exactly, because Dorky Yuhaz is still over there, too, and she had kind of established a starting position, so we'll see that yep. pans out. Um. Yeah, but if you are looking for any fantasy women's stuff, ESPN does a great job still covering it. They've got some great people over there. So just check out the the homepage over there Um, if you need anything else. But yeah, again, we thank everybody for listening to Menace Podman. You can find your new episodes every week. Every Thursday, we're trying to get them out here. Um, You can find us on Twitter or threads uh, at Menace Podman. And then we just thank everybody that helps us get these out there. Um, always like to thank Good Pods and FeedSpot for helping us get the exposure and recognizing us. Um, we encourage everybody, leave a review, a message, and support our podcast if you like what you hear. We'll talk to you next week.
1: Thanks, Scott. Thank you. Yes, Parliament.